Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. And this is episode seven. This is Danielle and Jenna. Hey guys. Yes. Hey, hey. So we're super excited about today's episode. Um, And we told you last week that we would be further talking about preventing the uh, sexualization or the hypersexualization of children and that we would be having a guest on. And before we hear from Mary, I want to share just a little bit and I'm going to start with a story. So in about 2007, um, and this was shortly after I came out of the commercial sex industry. So, um, you know, listeners, you probably know maybe a little bit of my story, but I worked for several years in the strip club industry. And when I finally um, hit rock bottom and came out of everything, there was a time where I got the chance to be a part of an arts ministry. So an arts ministry called 13th Floor came to little uh, Southern Minnesota town, Fairmont, and I auditioned and just knew like, this is what I wanted to do. And I was accepted into the arts ministry. And um, before I went away to where this ministry was, which it was in South Africa, and they did these amazing um, theater uh, presentations of the gospel message. Um, But before I went to that, I had been working with a um, woman who shared with me her prayers and her prayer was the following. She had seen dance in Christian place, Christian places. And I don't know if it was a church or where it was, but she recognized dance that had become sexualized. Mm. And she said, I have been praying. I've been praying for someone to step into this gap for somebody to, you know, sound the alarm. And the neat thing with that is when I went into this arts ministry in South Africa, and so it's it's really amazing how, when I look back, how uh, the Lord has connected me with who you're going to hear from in a minute. And Mary is somebody that I met when I went to um, Washington, D.C., to the End Exploitation Summit. Um, I got a chance to share a little bit in a documentary that she did with her organization, which you're going to hear about in just a moment. And she's actually doing something that no other organization is doing. And so we actually really want to highlight um, Mary, her story, and what her organization is doing. And then we're going to give you listeners practical tips for how to prevent the hypersexualization of children. Because let's face it, there's a culture right now that is seeking to groom and target our children. And as parents, we need to be awake and aware. Um, and so super excited to introduce Mary to you. Now, I just have a little bit of a biography that I want to share, and I don't want to share a lot of it because I know she's going to share some of this with you. So Mary Bowden, she um, is a dance educator and author. Um, she actually worked uh, as also a secondary teaching credential. Um, she has a BA in modern dance and an MA. Um, so so amazing schooling. In 1993, she developed a dance ministry at her church, which continued for over 20 years. 
Um, in 2016, she released a book on dance titled Dance is Prayer in Motion. I love that, by the way. And I didn't know you wrote a book. I'm, I'm going to have to get this book, but Dance is Prayer in Motion. Um, several years ago, Mary noticed a cultural shift, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her talk about that. A couple more things. Mary founded Dance Awareness, No Child Exploited in 2016 to educate the public and to provide research to show the connection between children's dance and the pornography industry. So we'll also show you, um, and listeners, you'll hear where to find uh, Mary's website. But Mary, thank you so much uh, for being on, for joining us. And could you just share a little about what prompted you to start Dance Awareness, No Child Exploited? Well, you know, I uh, am a dance educator, and of course, that means I chose dance as my field, and I love it, and it it was so wonderful for me as a little girl to go into a dance class and gain the confidence and skills and joy of creativity. It, it really impacted my life, but that's another story. Um, so um, I've always loved it. I felt God's call to start a dance ministry at my church, and it, it was just a joy to, to uh, find myself uh, with that combination of dance and faith. And um, one day, a young woman came up to me and said, would you come see my dance concert, Ms. Bodden? And I said, sure, that's, that's a, a great invitation. Now, I had known this child or young woman who was a child uh, when I choreographed her in some church dance musical. So I went to the concert. I was so excited. She was a college student. And I kind of had a moment where I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Here we had a young woman that I connected with as a child. She was now an adult or 18. And uh, the concert was something I had never experienced in my years as a dance educator. It was hypersexualized dance material that was really soft core porn. And um, each dance was the same thing in a different skimpy costume, which was disturbing. And even more disturbing during the dances, the audience was uh, shouting, yelling, cat calls. Uh, and then the dance would end and there'd be more cat calls. And um, I was actually in shock, but I thought, you know, this must be an aberration. Um, I can't do anything about what these young people have now chosen to put themselves in. By the way, this is a student-led concert. This wasn't a faculty-led concert. Yeah. And um, so I thought, well, there's nothing I can do, but I'm very disturbed because nothing, nothing, nothing like that I had ever seen. But I was going to leave it on, on, you know, the table or the you know, shelf or whatever, because you can't affect change if they're over 18 until we begin to see the same things in high school dance concerts, in junior high dance concerts, in elementary school dance concerts, in preschool, you know, yeah. shows. Um, and, and so I became more than disturbed, started doing research, decided I, as a dance educator, and also as God's call in my life, from a faith base, decided I needed to speak out about this. And uh, I think our culture has been saturated with 
the media, and the porn industry, which has normalized what is not normal. And then um, a researcher called Philip Miller has called this corporate pedophilia, where children are being used to make money for the porn industry. And uh, somewhere in all of this toxic school, stew, excuse me, are children who are being harmed and no one's protecting them. And so I think the basic call for most of us as adults is to protect children. Yeah, that's so good. And I just, I, the fact that you saw something and you you knew, like you had that discernment that, Hey, this is not okay. And, and something I just want to, you know, interject and this was actually written, um, which, you know, you, you, you gave the invitation to uh, provide a blog years back for your organization. And I just want to give our listeners a, um, a picture, if you will, of what Mary's talking about. So just real quick. And then I know Jenna's got a question for you, Mary. Um, So seductive dance is meant to draw the viewer into a performance that produces arousal. So that's exactly what Mary you're talking about. And, and the Latin origin of the word seduction actually means to lead or attempt to lead astray, enchant or entice into a wrong or foolish course, especially a sexual act. Now, the dancing styles of seduction are many. They can be alluring and tantalizing and charming, but movements with an emphasis on articulations of the hip, butt, or breasts used to punctuate the music or accent a beat are sexualized movements reminding the viewer of sex, which is why these movements cause arousal. And our children have no, there's no reason they need to be dancing like this. So just a couple other examples Um, And then Jenna, I know you've got a question for Mary, Uh, bouncier movements of like twerking. So you guys, listeners, you might know what that is, right? Bouncy movements of twerking or grinding movements. Those have no place in public dance, especially in children's dance. And so I know that these are the kind of things that you saw, Mary, and and I'm just, I'm so grateful for your organization and what you're doing. And we want to hear more on that. But Jenna, you had a question for Mary. Yeah, Mary, just thanks for sharing because, you know, when you shared that story, it brought me back to a similar experience that I also had. Um, My daughter, you know, was in dance and we were getting ready to go to, you know, the big recital that they've worked so hard, you know, all year for. And, you know, I remember sitting and watching all of the different dances and it was, it was really interesting because it was like, there would be really healthy dance. Yeah. And you would see those performances and they were just beautiful. And then there would be like the very next dance and, you know, the music, yeah. it was even Christian yeah. music and it was with beautiful. the lyrics, yeah. you know, and then, you know, another dance. And I just remember sitting in that seat and my discernment was just like, something's not right here. And, you know, when I sought the Lord, you know, for my daughter, cause you know, I grew up dancing. And so, you know, naturally you just want, you know, and she was interested yeah. in it. So you just want to raise, you know, them up in that. And, you know, I would get excited being a dance mom, you know, just doing all the things and um, yeah. But when I really sought the Lord and just got discernment on the situation, you yeah. know, I, I had to obey and he just led her, you know, more towards piano and, you know, some of these other things, but I just really resonated with the story that you shared. Cause I had, you know, a similar experience of like, these girls are really small, (laughs) like they shouldn't be wearing that or they shouldn't be moving their bodies in that way. And I can't imagine my daughter ever doing that, you know? And so, um, yeah, I 
just felt called to kind of walk away from it, which is too bad, you know, for this season. And so I love the message, you know, that you're sharing and, 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 um, it just sounds like you have a healthy understanding of, you know, how we should be raising our children when it comes to dance. And so, yeah, one of the questions I just had is, yeah, share with us, like, what are some of the things that dance awareness is doing, um, to kind of help battle this? Well, uh, can I first, um, share a, a very simplified definition of healthy and harmful dance because people get overwhelmed and confused. And this definition uh, is, has been really helpful to the public to understand at what point can, can they say something. Um, and uh, so if, if that's okay, I'd like to just tell your listeners yeah. and your viewers yes, please. that you don't have to be a dance person. You don't have to be qualified in 10 years of dance education to understand that harmful dance, which equals hypersexualized dance, children look like adults in adult costumes, choreography, and music, usually accompanied by adult hairstyles and makeup. And healthy dance, which equals educational dance, Children look like children dressed in great costumes, choreography, and music, usually accompanied by a great sense of joy. So I have found that's a Mary Bodden definition, and there certainly are deeper, more complex ones. And we have those in our ebook, which is free on our website. Uh, if you really want to look at them and using some of the words Danielle uh, talked about, you know, twerking, just inappropriate uh, Describe definition of harmful dance, but at a baseline, a child should look like a child in healthy dance, and a child looks like an adult in harmful dance. So basically, that is uh, a huge piece of what we do in dance awareness. Uh, we're trying to create materials that will educate the public. You know, it used to be that when you dropped your child off at dance school in dance class, you thought you're doing good for them and picked them up and they had their class and you didn't know there had to be some discernment about the environment that they were in. Um, and it's always been true that if a child took violin lessons, you dropped them off, they played the violin, you picked them up and there you go. Uh, but it's changed. Yeah. Uh, we've had this cultural shift from healthy dance to harmful hypersexualized dance. And most adults out there don't know there's a choice. They don't know what's going on because they're all busy. But again, those three words, the internet, uh, the uh, media, and the pornography industry introducing what we call CSAM, child sexual abuse material, into our culture that has been normalized. So most parents are very unaware. And uh, so that's that's the main piece of education we provide. Of course, all of our resources are research based and I could go on for a very long time about what we offer. But I would certainly say one of the pieces I would encourage your listeners to look for is the free ebook. It's a download uh, on our website. It's only 14 pages. <laughs> and so, you know, you're not going to be there for months and months. And uh, it has four little chapters. What's the new trend in children's dance? How to choose a healthy dance studio. How to avoid a harmful dance studio. Uh, 
And then if you have a studio owner that you really like, but they're doing some hypersexualized dance, uh, it's a it's a way, the fourth chapter, to approach a dance studio owner with uh, research and to talk with them about that. Because I will tell you, I'm seeing uneducated, uninformed adults within the dance industry and outside the dance industry. And I'll tell you, as a dance educator, I know from other qualified people that do not want to hypersexualize children in dance at their studio. It's the parents who are pressuring them. So, um, you know, the dance industry isn't the bad, and then the parents are the good, or however we like to define that. It's a mix of people who are just uninformed. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great point. And so it is so significant that this education is out there and you guys listeners, we encourage you, you know, check out the material that Mary is talking about. In fact, we're going to have a link um, in the show notes that you'll be able to click on. That'll go directly to the dance awareness website where you can find that information. So just a a few other things, um, Mary, can you, and and you, you did share a couple things, but can you give listeners and parents a, a few other practical tips or tools on preventing um, hypersexualization. So you talked about have the conversation um, with with the with the teacher, which I think like just the courage that and the permission that that's okay. Like if you see something, say something is Absolutely. so so important, and that means parents like we need to be bold and we need to be the voice and the advocate right. in our children's lives. Um, and so, um, yeah, could you give our listeners just yeah. some other tips? Yes. Um, you know, people tend to think, oh, I can't do anything. I'm overwhelmed. Nothing will make a difference and nothing could be further from the truth. There are a few things you can do that will make a difference. And one is what Danielle just talked about. That is have the courage to speak up. Uh, now, one of our educational objectives is to speak up with respect and kindness without shaming people. Most people are unaware. And so if you if you come at them uh, with stick that you're going to beat them on they tend to dig in yeah uh, to to what they're doing but if you come respectful show them the research talk with them often I see perspectives change this this issue has just taken the whole culture by surprise so um, the first thing to do is identify that we have a problem we've tried to do that with the words healthy and harmful which most people understand and say, you know, there are options out there. There are choices out there. So you need to identify and know the differences between healthy and harmful dance. Then you need to make informed choices. And then you need to educate other adults in your relational world with the educational tools that, by the way, we provide at danceawareness.com. And a shout out to Danielle She's on a 20-minute uh, documentary uh, with some very wise words. Uh, so you can see her in that. And uh, she's also in what we call short spots that uh, uh, we put out on social media, speaking about this very topic. Yeah. And so that's 30 seconds. And then we have some wonderful trailers that are four or five minutes that kind of give an overview of what's happening to educate people. So um, all those things are helpful. And then the last and most important thing I can share with your listeners, your viewers, is I challenge people 
to identify, to know the difference, to educate themselves, and then to share this information with five to 10 people in their relational world. Now, we all know children, right? And we all want to protect children. And friends, just because someone's not taking dance doesn't mean this issue won't come up because our culture is saturated with this stuff. And children are watching media icons and there's something in brain research called mirror neurons. We copy what we see. And so dance is big in our culture and it should be in the sense that what a wonderful gift God has given us all with a body that moves. Dance is prayer and motion when it's used correctly. Mm. Every child in the world, and I don't think I'm overstating that, is watching hypersexualized dance on phones and TV and seeing it in movies and yeah. magazines. So if we can open the culture's eyes through sharing with five or 10 of the people we care about who share with the people they care about, we can make a change. And I'm seeing that, friends. People are more and more and more and more aware that something's going on. They don't know how to articulate it, but dance awareness does. (laughs) So you can come to our website. You know, I've even had people saying to me, I just sent the trailer and I didn't have to say it. I just sent the trailer and the trailer said it. Yeah. We try to be as positive with how we approach this issue. So uh, again, we're not shaming people. We're educating people. That's so good. And uh, we're making change. And so I really want to invite all the people listening to this podcast to look on our website, download the ebook, uh, like us on Facebook, share our video spots. Uh, we've even had groups take this 20 minute video of interviews, of which again, Danielle's part, and uh, share that at a sitting with one friend, but it could be 300 people, and then have a nice discussion. So I do understand that people don't like to talk about sexuality. They don't like to talk about pornography. And I'll give you some insight into me. Uh, I don't either. (laughs) But oh, well, because I'm the adult and the kids are the kids. And I need to protect the children in my life. So that's what it boils down to is adults need to step up. And uh, we can. You have five to 10 people in your relational world you can share this with. Amen. And we make it easy because we, we say it in ways that I think, if you look at our resources, um, really help people lean in. They lean in. They like what they're hearing. They like what they're seeing. Uh, we're not reactive. And uh, we just want to help people. Yeah, that's so good, Mary. Thank you so much. Those are, those are great practical tips. And you, I mean, just listening to you, you make me feel like, like I, I really can do something. I can talk to five people that, that I know it's doable. Yeah, it's doable. And, and I just love that. And I'm going to read this. This is from your website. So again, um, there's, it's danceawareness.com. Is that the, what your website, correct? So again, no child exploited. So during, and this comes directly from Mary's uh, website. And then I know Jenna's going to close us out here um, with a scripture. But during the last decade, the truth is, as you've heard, there has been a cultural shift from healthy educational children's dance to harmful, hypersexualized children's dance by using adult costumes, sexually suggestive 
choreography, and music with inappropriate sexual themes and or lyrics. So dance awareness, as Mary has just shared, her organization is dedicated to raising awareness and providing dance educators, parents, and concerned adults with the resources and education needed to take action and end this kind of exploitation occurring through hypersexualization. And it is just that it is a form of grooming. It is a form of exploitation. And so Mary, thank you so much. And I just, I I was just looking on your website, you guys, um, listeners, there's just great material on here. Go ahead, go to dance awareness, check it out. And also you can find um, dance awareness on Instagram as well. Go ahead, like follow and um, Jenna, do you have do you have a related scripture verse? I know you've got something. Yeah, I sure do. And I also wanted to say, Mary, that I'm going to read your book because I remember when I was walking through that, I remember even telling Danielle, I feel like I'm supposed to say something, but I didn't have the verbiage and I didn't have, you know, so I love how you brought up that there's a way that we can go like that brings honor and respect, you know, Mm -hmm. to the studio, to the coach. And so I'm so excited to learn more. Um, so I just really, when you were talking, just like heard and saw like just the purity, I feel like that you're bringing, you know, back to dance. And so it reminded me of Philippians four, um, that talks about, um, Philippians four, eight, finally believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If any, if there is any excellence, if there is anyone worthy, anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things and center our mind on them and implant them in our hearts. And I just think that, um, what you're doing is so beautiful because it's bringing the purity and the peace and the goodness back to dance that we don't have to just cast it all away, but there's still beauty in dance. And I I love what you said too, about how it's a form of prayer. It's prayer in motion. So thank you so much. I just appreciate everything you shared. Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, as we close, I'd like to say Acts 17, 28 says in him, we live and move and have our being. So dance is God's idea. All right. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yes. Dance is God's idea. I love that. Amen. Amen. Amen.